Good morning. Welcome to Stories We Can Tell, and I'm Jim McGinnis. This particular episode is called Song Lines, and it's a story of how music permeates the classroom, hell, permeates our lives. I hope you like it. Prelude. The Bushmen of Australia to this very day believe the world was sung into creation. They claim we follow song lines on what seems to be a wayless way. Can this be true? Who am I to say? One who named his brown dog a prophet. We walk and wander though, humming, whistling, singing to ourselves, four mile an hour pace, four beat rhythm to our step in our search for sense of place. But how's the saying go? In our trek through time and space, the road is walking too. Through all that I have witnessed and in the wonders I've been blessed to discover and explore, there is music that connects us, that reaches to the core. Song lines. I first heard the term in a song by Jimmy Buffett that led me to explore Bruce Chatwin's book. He captured me with his explanation of the role song lines played in the cultural history of Australian Aborigines. As I grew older, I began to see how song connects us to place and people and things. Not only do ballads chronicle the past, but the rhythms and melodies also bind us together and link us to a strange but common history. We begin to see links in the chain. The original song lines served to guide the wanderer in the footprints of his ancestors. With a four mile an hour walking pace and a four beat rhythm to his song, he encountered landmarks and sacred places which kept him on the line to his destination. Our lines seem blurred today, only visible when looking back through memory. But it is the music that conjures up the vision of our pathways. City of New Orleans, Steve Goodman's wonderful song, reminds us on that southbound odyssey that movement is comforting and music somehow reaches down and touches something within us. I read somewhere that perhaps it takes us back to our beginnings when moving soothed us and left us feeling less vulnerable. There is an instinct among mothers and grandmothers to pick up their children and console them with a soft song in a rocking chair. I can hear my wife's voice as she rocks away anything that could possibly ail my granddaughters or grandsons. How's the line go? Mothers with their baby sweet rocking to the gentle beat and the rhythm of the rails. It's all they feel. As I travel through my time here, I've become mindful of Shelby Foote's claim that each life takes on the form of a work of art, a narrative, if you will, and musical in nature. It reaches back from an 
Irish Catholic immigrant causing trouble for the steel mills of western Pennsylvania to a cabin on the side of a North Carolina mountain back to a woman born to a Key West fisherman in the 1930s who would bear a daughter with whom I would fall in love with and marry. From a rough tavern in Pittsburgh, Jimmy's Place, where my father sowed his seeds long before I came along. Through the den of an old Florida cracker who was the most learned man I've ever known. As a boy, I would sit and listen to his song lines, connecting his soul with his space, and in turn, awakening mine. Through all this, a mysterious stream of music reached to the core, from the bagpipes calling from my ancestry, and that first Dylan song I heard, those rowdy evenings in the pub singing Irish rebel songs, or sitting in the dark listening to Chris Christopherson. That first Bob Marley tape I played over and over again on my boat. Old pirates, yes, their rabbi sang the old Floridian. Sold I to the merchant ships. I guess we could all use a redemption song. Searching for song lines is an occupation which leads us deeper within ourselves. It changes the way we look at knowledge, at philosophy, and at the world itself. How does this connect to my students? Well, that's a long and winding road. Early on in my career, I got into the habit of putting a quote on the board each day. It was usually something thoughtful or insightful, sometimes humorous. Oftentimes it pertained to the lesson in some way. Bob Potter, a good friend and colleague of mine, got a real kick out of my daily ritual he would sometimes slip into my room before school and put his own version of wisdom on my board. It would be a phrase from a popular song or some hilarious Zen verse he made up on the fly. Bob kept things in perspective. His fun, however, had an unintended outcome, my favorite kind. I began to mix up the sources for my thoughts of the day, along with Turkish proverbs, Emily Dickinson, and Mark Twain, of course, came lines from musicians like John Prine, Janis Joplin, and of course, Bob Dylan. The quotes were often maxims or mottos, but sometimes they were simply phrases, lines I may have heard on my way to work. <clears throat> no one knew just what to expect when they walked in and looked up at the board each day. One time it would be Galileo or Gandhi followed the next day by John Mellencamp, Keith Richard, or Dave Matthews. Alice Walker made her appearance, not to be outdone by Bruce Springsteen, Woody Guthrie, and Dorothy Parker. Students are creatures of habit, and I could tell something was sticking when I forget to change the quote of the day, and a normally shy kid would speak up with indignation. Some would ask to bring in their own quotes, few of those are now in my collection. Thanks, Holly. Thank you, Elise. The words of the day evolved into songs of the day. For years, we started at 7.15, and it's hard to get kids rolling that early. I started jacking them up with music as they came in each day. The Allman Brothers' Blue Sky was one of my favorites. It was better than coffee. Tom Petty, Jimmy Buffett, and of course, the Rolling Stones reared their heads. Good morning. 
choice of music changed throughout the day, depending on circumstances and my mood. Bubba was there to sing us through hurricane season, and we had to play the blues on Monday. Heavens. The ritual took on a larger role than I ever planned, especially for some of those kids who were slightly less than motivated. It's disturbing to see a student's eyes void of expectation. It is exhilarating to see that change. Some were awakened to the possibilities by the music. Many had never heard Bob Dylan or Merle Haggard. Bob Marley now sang accompaniment as they completed their assignment. What's that, Nietzsche said, without music, life would be a mistake. I try to work music into my lessons at every turn. I give them primers on the different genres. My musicians in class would school us on all the technical aspects. I try to put music into historical context. Jazz is a form of social protest. Folk is a means of social action. But I also remind them that music is always there just to make us feel good. Of course, music rituals became music projects. Those started when I was teaching a sociology class years ago and struggling to make it the least bit interesting. Nothing screams party like Emile Durkheim. I was trying to explain the relevance of cultural diffusion and failing at it. Coincidentally, we were studying the Roaring Twenties in history class and I stumbled upon Ken Burns' documentary of jazz. The light went on as soon as I heard Wynton Marsalis liken jazz to gumbo. The next day, Project Music was born. I had heard Tom Petty say one time that all roads led back to Dylan, and I heard Dylan himself insist that everything goes back to Woody Guthrie and Muddy Waters. Now I had a plan. The format of the project was backwards. Students chose one of their favorite artists and would present a biography of that artist, including a description of their style or genre. An essential requirement of the biography was to identify three musical influences on that artist. My directions were specific. Who was your artist listening to when he or she was your age? That requirement wasn't too difficult of a challenge. Artists love to talk about their roots. The project really took off. Many students did elaborate presentations, posters, videos, and slideshows. It wasn't long before we started hearing the names of people they had heard on my stereo. Somewhere along the way, the assignment crossed over from sociology into my history class. A month or two later, we did part two, presenting the influences on their influences. Each road did seem to lead back through Elvis and Dylan, through Woody Guthrie, Lead Belly, and Muddy Waters, back to Sunhouse and Robert Johnson at the crossroads. My country music fans were amazed to discover how Hank Williams and Jimmy Rogers combined folk and blues to invent country. I tried to make them take them farther back, back to the Scots-Irish immigrants, back to Jefferson playing the fiddle while writing the Declaration of Independence. Let's be honest, this doesn't work for everybody. I have my annual quota of kids who think this is lame. Each class would have the usual number of sleepy ones standing up in front with a wrinkled piece of notebook paper on which they had hastily drawn an epic music flowchart. 
They get their laughs and then sit down. I feel bad for them, but we move on. There are, as Lincoln said, and I love to repeat, some fleas a dog can't reach. Project Music took on a life of its own. Guitars started showing up in my classroom. Kids I thought were painfully shy were now sitting in front of the class singing Dylan. The administration frowned upon the possession of guitars on campus. Even the most well-meaning students were told to pack them up when they were caught playing in the hallway before school or during lunch. I started giving them asylum in my classroom, telling them not to worry, that it was just the remnants of the Red Scare. None of us knew what the hell that meant. There's something subversive about a guitar, but also very democratic. I like to tell the story of Woody Guthrie borrowing a bumper sticker reading This Machine Kills Fascists from GIs in World War II. Soldiers would put them on their tanks. Woody slapped one on his guitar. Although their brave recitals would often slow me down, I could not refuse the student's request to play in front of the class. Those wooden boxes strung with wire became a source of empowerment. But through all that I have witnessed and in the wonders I've been blessed to discover and explore, there is music that connects us, that reaches to the core. Songlines. Standing on the dock with both hands in my pockets, staring off across the dark lagoon, celebrating my birthday, waiting for the August moon. Something of a calling stirs inside of me, some voice, some ancient rhythm that urges us to flee the comfort of the village for a journey on the sea. And there's a song line weaving through the mangroves from an old piano out on Cabbage Key with words of validation and redemption and stories shared by friends and family, reaching back to Boston, Massachusetts, reaching back to Mobile, Alabama, through harmonica and weather-worn guitar, and their voices spanning generations hardened by the rum and good cigars. And there's a song line running through Savannah. I hear it stretches down to Florida Bay, or maybe all the way to Old Havana. We'll find it on some bright September day. But there's a squall line that spans the intercoastal. Lightning flashes cut across the sky. The blowing rain jabs my skin like needles, but the echoes of the music hold me by. An old tune plays out on the salt air from a boombox bungee to the bow. Many travels, few destinations, but the memories that I visit lift me now. Like a sunset I remember off Shell Island, and a moonrise I recall on Melbourne Beach. There are children laughing in the rain out in my driveway. There are moments we're beyond the mortal reach. And there's a song line running through Sebastian from an old piano out on Cabbage Key with thoughts of home before the great migration and stories shared by friends and family. Reaching back to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and from Irish pubs with old men raging jars there are voices spanning every ocean, sweetened by the beer and good cigars. 
sitting on the steps now in front of old St. Joe's, waiting silent for the morning mass. But on this holy day, my mind wandered off to narrow channels made of glass. Song lines. Have a good one. <laughs>